Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing tonight? I'd like to welcome to the stage the lyrically acclaimed. I like this young man because when he came out, he came out with the phrase. He went from ashy to classy. I like that. So everybody in the house, give a warm round of applause for the notorious B.I.T. The notorious B.I.T., ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for him, y'all. Oh. A nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes in the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh-huh. You wanna see the inside? Huh. I'll see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow! Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. Here come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That whole clock. Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of Redefining the Counterculture right here on Witten Radio. Uh, tonight, we've got a super special guest for you. We're joined by CEO of 804 Street Media, Lance Cooper. Lance, how are you? I'm good, my man. I appreciate you having me on the show, man. I appreciate oh, man. you. It's no problem. It's no problem anytime. And uh, it's, it's always good talking with you because, I mean, you are uh, someone that, you know, strives to, to, to always tell the truth and always to be a light to people, you know, others out there. And so I just want to touch bases with you. You've got some good stuff going on, um, especially with this uh, campaign that you've been doing to help Flint get some clean water. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. First off, man, I just want to say Happy New Year to you. And, uh, Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. I see you still going strong. You know, we, we've been keeping up with each other for a while, and uh, I see you still going strong, man. So I respect the move, and you know I'm, I'm winning all day. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, sir. And um, yeah, I, I'm excited about the work that you're doing. I mean, um, just how do you feel overall? I know that it's it hasn't been. I mean, last year was a, a really tough year for you. Uh, you yeah. came back from a lot, but you didn't give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, last year was a reality check. You know, took a lot of losses, uh, lost lost a lot of people that I love that were dear to me, you know, and um, it was just a reality check, man. Um, but as you said, we got to keep moving. Uh, this year, hopefully just take everything uh, that I learned last year and just kind of mix it all up and just do it bigger and, and you know, keep it moving. But, I mean, it's, it's as far as the success of the campaign, uh, everything's been, you know, it's, it's kind of blindsided me. But at the same time, I saw it coming because that's the way I planned it out. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the campaign, it's it's really so polarizing because, I mean, here it is. I mean, you know, you're the CEO of the media outlet and you're working to, you know, to get clean drink, drinking water for Americans in, a, in an American city. Um, but, you know, it, it's like it's been such a struggle for you. Meanwhile, this wall, you know, um, has been, the you know. The wall. I got you. The infamous yeah. wall. And it, it's just it's crazy. I mean, I, I guess it's safe to say that th- this has also shown you people's priorities as well. Yeah, definitely showing priorities. I mean, uh, we we you know this 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 climate that we in right now. Everybody knows what it is. You know, we watch the news, we hear the stories, we see, we see the tweets. Unfortunately, and um, it's just a reflection of everything that's wrong with moving America forward. So. 
uh, what we aim to do with our movement, with with my energy, is always just move the people forward. You know, everything Trump doing, everything he doing over there, you know, we total opposite. So I'm keeping eyes on everybody and just doing what we got to do, moving strategically and just, just doing my part as far as giving back to the people, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, just the creation of your company and kind of what led to the, the start of the work that you do. Well, uh, you know, as we touched in, in 2016, um, you know, we had a, a nice interview that we had popping in. I kind of gave you a rundown of how everything just came together. You know, um, 804 Street Media still the number one digital brand and social marketing agency in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, as a matter of fact, along with our water relief mission for Flint, we're currently endorsing a local mission, which you can follow at hashtag RVA Everybody Eats. Uh, Alex Burden, fellow activist from RVA, he's spearheading a great campaign to help the homeless here. Um, so we're constantly creating, you know, constantly evolving. Uh, as far as the creation, you know, you know where I come from. You know, the streets and the people created me. I created the company, and as long as I'm here and the Internet exists, I'm only going to get bigger and better, baby. So you, you you already know what it's all about, you know? Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, absolutely. Um, yeah, I I love the work that you're, you're you're doing. It's It's been an uphill battle, but you haven't given up. Um, Never. Why do you, in your own personal opinion, why do you think it's taken so long for, for Flint to get any type of response or acknowledge, acknowledgement of, you know, just the, the devastation that they've experienced. It seems like people don't even, a lot of people, you tell them about it, and they're like, what? They don't have clean water, and it's just a mystery to a lot of people. Well, because Flint is 57% black and 41% poor, um, you know, that has a whole lot to do with it. We already know how that plays out. Uh, nothing works in our favor. Uh, Flint's story, though, in particular, is a complex web of corruption, uh, systematic racism mixed with mismanagement of funds, lack of concern from the government. You know, the whole pipe process that they're doing as far as replacing the pipes uh, is ahead of schedule, but they encounter early delays, encounter setbacks there. Uh, the most honest answer, I guess, to your question, though, is they poisoned the poor, predominantly black city and intentionally forgot about them. So the Flint water crisis, it really didn't happen overnight. You know, this was a process. It was decades of just forgetting about the people. You know, the government been failing Flint's residents for decades. The water situation, as far as the crisis, it just washed the racism ashore. You know, now nobody can deny it. So that that's, that's just what it is right there. You know, they're black, they're poor, and they're forgotten. Yeah. It's 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 really horrible, and you know today is you know Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, and you know if he were Rest alive, peace, you know, legend, icon, big influence. You know he influenced me in so many ways. Absolutely, absolutely. You know if he were if he were alive, you know this would definitely be something that you know he would put his hands to the plow to work and. You already to, know. You already know he wouldn't stop. King wouldn't stop. You know. King wouldn't stop. He would he would be right there marching, you know, in the face of everybody and, and just making sure Flint got what they deserve because he would know what it is. You know, he, he, he already knows about the setbacks of our people, you know. He was one of the people laid foundation for us to all to come together. So, 
you know, he already knows that Flint is, is the underdog because Flint is majority black, and that's, that just is what it is. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, what I mean, what can be done, you know, because the average listener to this interview or just people, you know, stumbling across your eye, you know, a lot of times they, they don't know about the, the severity of this. Um, what can be done to, I guess, to ensure that, you know, the residents do get, you know, clean water at some point? Okay, okay. Um, well, it's it's a big issue. You know, it's an issue bigger than us, you know. Uh, a lot of money has to be invested in new water infrastructure for Flint. Uh, that's just a given, uh, which means the government must step up, you know. Uh, they're failing the people. These GoFundMe campaigns are just Americans with compassion using a tool, a digital tool to do the government's job, which is insane. You know, at this point, we just got to keep Flint. And what I suggest everybody to do is really at this point keep Flint a topic of discussion in every circle that you can until the problem's fixed, you know, because it doesn't really stop at Flint. A lot of people don't know that. So many other places are experiencing the same thing. I can't paint and sit it around Flint, but in the process of our investigation, I'm finding Newark, you know, Watts, a lot of places are going through the same thing or on the brink of going through the same thing, you know, and a lot of people don't even know it. So what I suggest is just miss, you know, do what you can. know by providing the resources they could really need absolutely absolutely i um yeah it it's it's just devastating when you really sit down and you think about it it's uh, so many levels so many you know it, it seems like you know after malcolm martin and, and medgar died that you know, um, our community of African Americans have struggled to to find you know a, a leader that you know is central to to all of us that you know we can rally behind. Um, why do you think that there's been such a struggle for black black unity uh, just amongst us? And do you think we'll ever see another uh, MLK or or Malcolm X or? That's a good question. Um, I doubt if we'll ever see another MLK or Malcolm X because, you know, what what they've done uh, has just transcended so much and, and, and changed so much that that really can't be duplicated. You know, what we need to do is just open our eyes and see what's going on in front of us right now. Black Americans, not all, but the majority, you know, we, we create more fatal barriers than opportunities for unity, you know. So one of the biggest problems is when blacks show unity, self-pride, and strength, our own people develop a resentment, you know, for seeing other black people make progress. I, I witness this a lot, and that's still a big problem within the black community, and, and we need to change that. Instead of all the hating and, and, you know, black people, we really need to realize unity is strength. Unity is strength, you know. Instead of all the black-on-black -black violence and, and crime and black people, you know, killing each other and, and just ticking from one another, rather, you know, so be it lives or, or possessions uh, or time, you know, which is priceless, 
You know, they need to channel that frustration into rebuilding something like the Black Panther Party. You know, at least with the Panthers, it was about unifying our people and challenging the police brutality, which we need to focus on. It was about launching survival programs and providing community help, which we're lacking. You know, there's still no solid leadership in the black uh, community, black America in general, as you said, and without reliable leadership, we can't expect reliable unity. So, you know, who knows who the next person is to step up. I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to keep putting it out there, and I've even been pondering creating my own new Black Panther Party, you know, because the momentum that I got right now mixed with what I know and who I know is possible, you know, except if I come with it, it's, it's, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta go over my blueprint a little bit more because you know, if I come with it, it's gonna be uncut raw. You know, I mean, I'm talking soldiers. You know, so that's one thing that I feel also we need to channel our, our resources and our time into creating our own infrastructure within the black community, creating our own militias within the black community, so we can be ready for whatever. Absolutely, absolutely, I completely agree. Yeah, it, it it I mean there's so much that needs to be done. You look back at the the civil rights movement of the 60s, you know, a lot of uh, the success of that, you know, stemmed from, you know, the black nuclear family, just, you know, strong family structure, um, you know, two-parent homes and and just um you know, just unity within the family. Um, do, you, do you think that those days are long behind us? Because I know that, you know, now it seems like, you know, we have a lot of, you know, black single-parent homes, family homes. Yeah, and yeah too, many, just, too many, too many, too many. And and you hit, it, uh, you hit the nail on the head, you know, it starts with the family first, you know. You know, you got to be born in the unity to really embrace unity and really to preach unity and live unity, you know. So I understand that. But um, last time I checked, 70% of black children, you know, were born to single mothers. What that tells me is too many black men have a problem with being real men, fathers, and husbands, you know. So I think there's a lot of things we need to polish up there. Uh, The African-American family structure must become a priority for more black men in order to break the cycle. Uh, until black men really start being men, I guess, and, and black women stop allowing boys disguised as men to infiltrate their life, nothing is really going to change. Um, and that's sad because black single mothers really deserve reparation from black men as well as white America. Yeah, that's a tough, a, a really tough pill to swallow, but, you know, you are right. I mean, it's it's definitely owed to them. Oh yeah. And you know, we you know, we we're the biggest perpetrators of it, you know. I, I mean right. as much as I hate to admit it, I mean there's just right. the, right. the fault it's, it's, it's facing facts. It's just us facing facts, you know, and that's what more blacks need to do, face facts, you know. We need to face and own up and, and just realize where we're going wrong and just make the changes that we need to make and, and it stops right there. It's that simple, you know. Everything else is just complicating it and delaying what we need to do. It stops right there. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, on, uh, among Dr. King's 90th birthday today, you know, is his 90th birthday. Um, you know, had he lived, he'd be he'd be 90. Um, do, do you think, you know, looking at the way that we as Black Americans are today, do you, do you think that uh, if 
King Warlock that he would be happy in the progress that that's been made, or do you think he would? Kind of nah, be... I think he would be fucking disappointed. That's real. I think Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would be very disappointed in 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 how we as black people haven't really followed his blueprint. You know, when anybody lays down a foundation, let alone when somebody gives their life, my man, he gave his life, you know, preaching his his message, and he gave his life to open doors for unity and and for everybody to come together. And we've disappointed him, you know. I want to, you know, both sides, both both sides of the field, white people, black people, we've disappointed him, you know, because racism is still here, heavy and strong. And, you know, we haven't really forwarded that message of unity that he pretty much died for. So, you know, Martin Luther King ain't died for none of this shit going on in the White House. He ain't died for none of this shit going on on Twitter. He ain't died for none of this, man. He died for us to, to come together. And it's just all disappointing. It's disappointing to me. It's disappointing to you. So I know it'll be disappointing to him. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, you know, the the whole thing that, you know, what's going on in the White House is, is really, you know, a huge, huge slap in the face. Um, what do you, I mean, how can we, how do you think, how can we make our politics reflect what's best for us and not, you know, because it seems like the, the current political climate is it's, it's grafted and geared towards, a certain group of people and they're, they're pushing out, you know, our people, the minorities, the, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the political climate of today reflects us at all. Um, Is there a way that we can reclaim any of it? I mean, Uh, reclaiming um, at the end of the day, man, to be honest with you, the right people just need to be in power. Um, we got a lot of new energy out here trying to represent what's best in us. Uh, but the key for us, really, is just, you know, helping our government by, you know, voting for those who are for all people and not just a certain class of people. Um, this whole GOP thing, man, they contaminate politics because they're still on some rich get richer, poor get poor shit. And American government is rooted in profiting from oppression. You know, so the problem and solutions at the end of the day are really within the people who produce the politics. Um, we just got to, you know, we got to vote for the right people. We got to promote the right people and, and hopefully the right people with the people's best interests will step up and just do what they got to do. But um, we can't really, we can't reclaim none of this, man. We got to really start over. It's, we got to restructuring and rebuilding rebirth stage right now. Um, we see everything that's going on. We see everybody tweeting, everybody speaking, and, you know, we, we just got to let it unfold right now and just make sure we stay rooted in, in making sure it's all about moving America, all Americans forward. You know, like I say, not just a certain class, but all people. You know, we got to be about all people. And then, you know, hopefully those people that's producing the politics, you know, they're on the same page with us and we can just keep it moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. I um I think King posed this question um you know before he before he was killed uh but he he said you know where do we go from here and you know I, I think that that's a really good question to ask because yeah. you know yeah. with 
you know, but it's a relevant question. You know, he, 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 that's prophecy right there. It's a relevant question. Where do we go from here? You know, I mean, at the climate that we're, we're, we're living in right now, what, we, what we're seeing is a lot of hate, you know, a lot of the wrong things. So until we pretty much, I guess, all change that, you know, nothing's really going to change because it's going to always be that one bad apple, one bad seed, or one uh, white hood, rather, if you want to be straight up. Uh, with a burning cross, trying to stand in somebody's front yard, you know. So until we did all that, you know, we it is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a scary time to be alive right now because you know we've got a, a person in office that just doesn't uh, seem to connect with others. He's really the, the only he, he connects with with lies, you know. He collects he he connects with corruption. He connects with uh, those white hoods I mentioned earlier, you know. So everything else, you know, it just we sitting back and we watching this fucking cartoon, uh, but nobody's laughing, you know. Right. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. It's uh something definitely something definitely has to be done, and I mean it. The time is is now, I and mean, people hopefully people will rally behind, you know, this message and 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 get to the polls and yeah. you know make the change because that's the only yeah. thing that can really. Keep, we got to keep our foot on their neck. You know, we already see what they're doing. They're trying to put us in the crosshairs. They're putting everybody, all the underdogs. You know, they're putting all the people of color. You know, and and and, and everybody who needs a strong government. They're putting us in the crosshairs. So what we got to do is we got to keep the foot on, on the neck of uh, everything wrong with America so we can preserve ourselves, let alone true American values. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I want to transition for just a bit. Um, 2016, or largely 2017, there, you know, there was a lot of um, police killing of unarmed black men and, it seems like this year, you know, towards the end of last year, it was kind of swept under the rug, and it, it wasn't brought up anymore. But I yeah, want to point that's out because it became it became it became a norm. Unfortunately, you know, it became a norm. Absolutely, you, you said something there. It became a norm. That that's so scary and eye opening at the same time because, you know, I, I'm sitting back, you know. I was looking and, you know, I noticed that the coverage of it had changed and it, you know, it's, it went from initially being, you know, shock, like covered as shock value to just, you know, an everyday occurrence. Um, In your opinion, how do, how do we keep black Americans safe um, without relying entirely on the police? Because I know that a lot of um, proponents of, um, you know, Blue Lives Matter or just, you know, pro-police pro people, people yeah. a pro-police stance will say, oh, well, we need the police to stay safe and they do so much. But how do, how do we stay safe as a people without relying so much on the police? Well, um, and specifically um, black America, you know, and, and you already know I talk to black America a lot. I talk to white people, white America a lot. They know they know my stances on both sides, but I like to address Black America in particular 
black people are their own worst enemy. You know, we're still our own worst enemy, uh, and this is a huge problem. And it plays into this uh, because we already know the police don't give a fuck about black America. We already know our justice system is designed to protect the police and slap them on the wrist whenever they execute a black person. You know, perfect example, Laquan McDonald, that Chicago cop, that Chicago police officer who killed Laquan, who was only guilty of being a 70-year-old black teenager, that cop only got 81 months in prison, you know? So let's decode this real quick. Let's let's stop. A white cop shot another black kid 16 times and only got 81 months in prison. That should make every black person who's out here killing their own people open their eyes. You know, our race, we can't be properly led or protected until we stop killing each other, you know? And if we can't rely on us to stop killing us, We'll never be safe. You said a mouthful there. Yeah, you you said a mouthful. I mean, uh, you're right. I, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where, um, as cliche as it sounds, like, you know, it's like it, it's almost like respect. You know, who's going to respect you if you don't respect yourself? Yeah, and, pretty much. You know, pretty much. I mean, you broke it down in simple fashion. Everything I just said. Long-windedly, you broke down with that one line, you know, until we start respecting us, we can't, you know, the safety thing, I mean, man, we out here, look, look, I I popped on the news here in my city, man, I've been watching my city unfold since New Year's, we started New Year's Eve here with a murder-suicide, my man, you know, a friend of mine who was a mental health counselor, you know, her, her, her her dude killed her and killed himself on New Year's Eve here in Richmond. You know, that's how we started our year in my city. So I've been following and keeping numbers. Just recently, you know, our mayor, LeVar Stoney, he came out and he had the audacity to just say, as far as the gun violence here, we're going to let the cops deal with it. So in my mind, I'm like, that's all you got for us, Stoney? You know, and that's our mayor. So I say all this to say, as far as the safety of us until we stop killing us, Safety would never be a strong factor within black America or the black community. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's, um, I, I don't know what it will take, you know, for black life to be valued, you know, amongst us because it seems like you said, you know, we're so expendable to each other, you know, that. Man, it's, it, it's, it's just heartbreaking for me, you know, because I'm a soldier. I ride for my people, you know. It's heartbreaking for me when I know for a fact these brothers care about, you know, Jordans more than, you know, a black life, you know. Man, I, man, I've I seen people get taken out over a pair of sneakers, man, over a pair of goddamn sneakers, man. You know what I mean? So it's like, yo, until we really wise up and just kind of get it together uh, within our own community, man, the safety thing we can hang that up because we already know the police stance. We already know where they stand. We already know they're going to get 81 months if they shoot your teenage black son 16 times who had no weapon, you know? We already know how that's going to go. So we just got to look out for us, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think um, – well, this is, this is you know, um, a side uh, question that I don't think I even pose this to you, but – do you think, you know, we as a community that we, 
you know, we're programmed to focus more on, um, you know, careers in entertainment and, and sports as opposed to, you know, like policy making and lawmaking. Oh, yeah. And so forth. oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But, see, that's been going on forever, so that's why it's still here. You know, we got a lot of people waking up. Um, you know, we got a lot of uh, black people coming together, you know, and, and people who are so-called woke that are trying to wake the people up. But, you know, it's it's been embedded within our community forever to just look at the wrong things as a way out and to look at the wrong things as the answer. And, you know, that creates all types of other issues, you know, because everybody ain't going to make it to the NBA. Everybody ain't going to be the best rapper. You know, everybody not going to do that. You know, everybody, even if they in the game and they doing their thing, even if they in the game and they doing their thing, everybody ain't going to be, you know, Nino Brown and, and come off, you know, like like the mob, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's just crazy, man. It's it's, it's crazy, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Um, I want to transition again. I know that, you know, you've always been uh, a proponent and, and, and very outspoken about um, just holding uh, our our entertainers accountable for things that they, they've done wrong. I remember uh, right. actually standing with you um, with Kevin Gates and, and you know, getting right. him banned from performing, um, right. as well as, you know, Kanye, you know, pushing that he, yeah. you know, yeah, and let me take a minute. Like, but I hold your thought real quick, uh, because I already know it's a good one. I already know how you do. You you catch me off guard with these good ass questions. But <laughs> while we on the subject of Kanye, man, um, I just want to take a moment to just, just, just say I'm praying for the brother. You know, and Kanye, if somehow this falls upon your ears, just know I'm praying for you, man, because you know I already know what mental illness is. You know, I, I know what loss is. You know, so I know he's going through some things. He's been going through some things, and that whole Kardashian thing, that ain't really helping him out. You know, if anything, he's feeding his fire, feeding his ego. Exactly, and, and nobody's Kanye, addressing that. Yeah, yeah, nobody's really probably addressing it. But Kanye, I'm going to tell you, you need to cut that weirdo shit out, man. Like that whole MAGA hat shit. We see right now with these kids, these little reckless kids and you know, Nathan, the, the the Indian guy, man, and the Native American guy who's right there, and, and they standing face off, bang, he banging his drum for peace. And we got some little kid in a MAGA hat, you know, trying to make headlines and, and I guess further this message of, uh, I guess, separation and hate, you know, because that's what that hat represents. And, you know, I turn on the news and, and I see him putting his little message out there, trying to downplay the situation and sidetrack this shit, but we already know what it is. So, Kanye, I mean, if you're listening, just for your people, man, and for the sake of your blackness, you need to get your shit together. You know, you need to realize Donald Trump represents racism. You know, and he's using you as a pawn. If you want him to use you, a whole different story. That's how you get down. That's how you get down. But if that's really how you get down, I see why Jay really stopped fucking with you, you know, because you, you want some other shit right now. So back to what you were saying. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I, I think I commend you. No, for I had to do that. My bad, man. I had to do that. Kanye, he, he fucking, he, he pissing me off, man, because he disappointed me. That's that's a talented brother right there. He letting a lot of shit just, you know, interfere with his progress, I think, as a black man, period. You know, so that's what really disappoints me. Absolutely. Yeah, I, a lot of people feel the same way that, you know, he's just basically has traded his, his his gifting, you know what I mean, 
for just foolishness of late. You know, he's just some other shit, man. And and that's that's me having the right to say this to you, Kanye, because I you know I deal with depression in my own way, shape, or form. You know, I deal with anxiety. I deal with that mental illness shit. I'm actually an advocate for mental illness, so I, I can recognize it. He has it. He does. But it's still no excuse for him to do this weirdo shit and this, you know, unbalanced cartoon Donald Trump shit that he's doing because, you know, I'm dealing with my shit and you see what I do. I'm opposing I'm a op to the to the to the, you know, evil. You know, because that's what it is. I'm a op to the oppression. I'm a op to being against my people. Don't don't even do it like that, you know. I I deal with mine a different way. You know, I guess he deal with his his way. But that weirdo shit 2019, as you see, we got enough stuff going on in the world right now for him to be adding to this, especially representing our culture and our black people. Absolutely. I completely agree. And, you know, the other thing that I think that kind of hurts Kanye as well is that, you know, with uh, mental illness in, in our community, the black community, you know, it's not something that's really just addressed. You know, like a, a lot of people, um, it's it's a it's a sign of shame um which i i don't understand because i mean if if you had a a a weakened heart or you know or or something was wrong with another organ in your body you know what i mean you wouldn't denigrate the person or or you know or make them feel less than human or less than you know and it's it's just sad that you know that's something that it's just still so taboo and and just overlooked in our community because it it, it happens, you know, and there's yeah. no there's no shame in it, you know. Uh, not at all, man. Not at all. I mean, if you're dealing with mental illness, you know, I, I I'm just saying straight up, if you're dealing with mental illness, admit it, come forward, get help because there's people out here that's you know that'll that'll support you. There's people out here. I mean, when I put my situation out there. I got support from everybody from Missy to LL Cool J to fucking Free from 106 and Park. I mean, you know, let alone just other fans and followers of mine who wanted to see me overcome it. So if if anybody's dealing with it, man, just put it out there, man. You'll get embraced because it's real. Everybody knows it's real because I'm pretty sure the majority of people that might be hearing this or the majority of people that we know have experienced and witnessed some form of mental illness, whether it, it came for a day and stayed for a day or whether it came for a day and stayed overnight, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, yeah, it's, it's very, very, very real. And I think, you know, it just, you know, we, we do each other a disservice by, you know, denigrating, pointing fingers or, or making one another feel less than human because they're dealing with, you know, mental illness. It just it just isn't right and there's no progress when we do that. So. Correct. Correct, my friend. Correct. But you you've always been really quick to point out, you know, the things that are wrong about, you know, uh the the hip hop culture or the entertainment culture that, you know, that, you know, our people are known for. And of late, you know, R. Kelly has been in the spotlight, um, what are your thoughts on R. Kelly? Because I know that you know you're you know you're more than just a commentator. You're you know you're a purveyor of the of the culture and, and the climate. Um, yeah. Would well, you say I appreciate that? Appreciate that moment. I appreciate oh. that. I'm gonna add that to my Twitter bio. <laughs> no problem. No problem. 
do you think that R. Kelly is is he a victim of the system, or do you think he's just a legit predator that has just gotten away with murder, essentially? Well, well, look, look straight up. Honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't seen Surviving R. Kelly uh, because you know I've been following this. Uh, with the whole her rap story campaign, which you already know about, which you're part of, I appreciate you on that. And um, you know, I, I'm aware of who this man really is. You know, R. Kelly was raping Aaliyah, and the black community cheered him on. You know, while the industry turned a blind eye to it, the black community pretty much allowed R. Kelly to sexually assault black girls and women for so many years. And I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but it is what it is. RCA Records, they knew R. Kelly is a sexual predator. I mean, come on. Come on. They're in the dead fucking record label. RCA Records knew R. Kelly is a sexual predator. They didn't give a fuck until Surviving R. Kelly came out, and everybody, you know, pretty much just put their story out there, and and it was just blown up, you know. Uh, I even saw briefly, you know, Lady Gaga, you know. She came out, issued the apology, like, you know, apologized for supporting R. Kelly or working with him or whatever, but... You know, it, until those voices and those people came out, nobody really cared. You know, back into the, and I hate to, you know, give away a part of my age, but back in 2002 when Jay-Z and R. Kelly did the Best of Both Worlds albums, I mean, I, I remember all that. You know, I was in, in the hip-hop circles and in the hip-hop, you know, feel right there. So I can tell you straight up, and Cosign, underage girls were in and out of that studio. You know, Nas... He put it out there years ago on the Wendy Williams show, but nobody really paid attention to that shit. The last thing R. Kelly will ever be is a victim in this situation. That's a that's a that's a tough pill to swallow swallow for a lot of people. Um, you know, because as you know, this 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 whole thing is really polarizing for a lot of people in our community. I've I've heard you know everyone from church going females to yeah. you know to, to 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 black you know news anchors and lawyers and stuff that have been like you know he you know they're just coming after him like they do all these other powerful black men and i mean yeah. there's it's it's a really polarizing topic when you mention r kelly um in our circle of people um it's just uh yeah i just don't you know yeah. it's it, it, I, I guess the, the biggest thing for me, and this is the question for you as well, but okay. why do you think it's taken so long for justice for this to come to the light? Why do you think it was swept under the rug for so, so long? I mean, why now? That's the biggest thing that a lot of people are, are saying, you know? Oh, why, man, why now? Man, 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 man. You, you, I, I'm a, you already know, man. I'm going to keep it winding with you. I, I, I'm going to give you a real version. There's a sick code of silence in hip-hop and the black community when it comes to sexual assault and rape, all right? That's that's just the, the raw version right there. A perfect example, I remember when, you know, we first started this Her Rap Story campaign, and I was, you know, putting it out there. I remember when Scarface, the rapper, asked me, he contacted me and asked me not to go after Russell Simmons because he's black. All right? That's right. That's so, right. I mean, that's powerful, my man. And this is real shit right here. And Scarface, if you're listening, I'm sorry, brother. Um, you know, but you know, you already know. You hit, you hit the, you hit, you hit me up. 
and you asked me not to go after Russell Simmons because he's black, okay? Um, the same shit that protected R. Kelly and Bill Cosby for decades, uh, that's pretty much what it is. You know, I've gone back and forth with Chuck D from Public Enemy on Twitter because he defended Bill Cosby doing that case, you know? So it's taking so long for justice, really, because our own race was in the way. You know, so Chuck, if you're hearing this, so if you're hearing this, Scarface, if you're hearing this, it is what it is. Scarface, love your music, brother. You know, been following you since I was a youngin. But I mean, you can't protect these sexual predators and and expect us to, you know, receive the justice that we need on any level. You know, we gotta we gotta we gotta push them up, man. We gotta push them up and push them out, man. Russell Simmons, disappointing, man. Russell Simmons, that's a brilliant man. It's a, a wonderful businessman. I look up to Russell Simmons on a business level, but Russell Simmons got skeletons. Russell Simmons, you know, he swept that whole shit under the rug. You know what I mean? Even when Terry Crews came out with his thing, and, and, and Russell Simmons pulled that Scarface shit. Russell Simmons tried to contact Terry Crews and try to talk Terry Crews out of coming out, you know, or with the story or whatever. So they, I say all this to say the black community has, you know, pretty much prolonged justice because we've stood in our own way. And R. Kelly, I mean, a lot of people, they fell in love with his music. You know, you can't deny the man talent, but that's still not a reason for us to pretty much blanket a sexual predator. That's never a reason. Because if it happened to your daughter, if it happened to your, you know, seed or whatever, you already know how how you would feel. You already know how you would operate. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's just, it seems like there's this, there's this don't disconnect as well too, because, you know, I've, I've even heard people, you know, say insensitive stuff like, well, you know, these, these parents are responsible because they allowed, you know, their kids to, to go around, you know, you know, I I heard that shit. Matter of fact, I'm, you know, mass, I ain't even going to say, I don't call I'm gonna put it out there, you know, and it's been a thing my people used to fuck with me back when he when No Limit was was all popping. I don't call that dude master. Percy Miller, Percy Miller. I, I I saw the video that he put out there where he was blaming the parents for the kids being in the room. Nah, man, that ain't how it go. You know, we already know the pie piper. He start blowing on that little fucking pipe, man. Them kids start coming to him. He ain't gonna turn him away, you know. So it ain't even about the parents. You know, it's parents, we need to always watch our kids, of course. But, you know, being realistic, and I would think P of all people, you know, he know how the streets can be, man. We can't watch them every second. You know what I mean? They tell you they're going over their girl house, they over our Kelly house in his basement, you know. Fuck. It's, uh, it's, it's really, 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 really sad. And it's, I mean, on multiple fronts because, you know, I'm like you, it's, it's so polarizing within our community that, you know, that, that in itself is part of the delay of justice because, you know, you've got, you know, the side that, you know, basically takes up um, or is taking up for them. And then, you know, there's the side that, you know, like yourself that understands, you know, the mechanics it's of what's going how on. It is, man. We can't, we can't have nobody out here raping little girls, man. You know, and I've gotten in, in, in spats with women who've protected R. Kelly, what I yeah. use the term rape, and that's just sickening to me. You know, I'm going to pray for them too, 
word, I'll do that for you. But rape is rape in my eyes, you know. So oh, if you're yeah. out here raping, you know, if you're out here raping, you're out here raping it. R. Kelly's out here motherfucking raping. He need to be stopped. So it, it sickens me when, you know, women uh, protect him, you know, when little girls protect him, you know, because I, they, you already know, man. You already know. You can go ahead and ask whatever the next question. You already know. R. <laughs> Kelly is just a motherfucker who needs help. And uh, as far as the, the documentary, documentary that, you know, came out as far as surviving R. Kelly, I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it yet. Normally I'm a good judge of character. You know, I don't know these women, but if I was to see the documentary, I'm pretty sure I can dissect it and, and kind of let you know about its authenticity. You know, but... um. It is what it is, man. Kells just need help. And, and instead of making a big media thing about it, just, you know, we do what we got to do. Tuck him away, let him sit down in the bank for a little bit if that's what he need to do. Because rapists don't need to be out here. I got strong views. I'm not even going to share with you right now how I feel about uh, rapists and, and people who molest kids. You know what I'm saying? And and that involves the death penalty. So I'm not even going to go there right now with R. Kelly. But he need to sit it down for a minute and just get his shit together. Absolutely. So, in your opinion, Lance, I mean, uh, I guess part of a part of black excellence also includes accountability, and it seems like accountability is something that a, a lot of our people push to the side. They don't, you know. I, I guess we feel, you know, hey, once this person has made it to, you know, a certain level in their career or their stardom, that they they no longer need to be accountable, but. Yeah. On, on contrary, that I mean, they should be more accountable, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah you're right. They, they definitely should be more accountable. This fame shit, trust me, this fame shit ain't even what it even seemed to be. It's all a fucking illusion. I mean, money, okay. Houses, cars, I mean, they're out here doing it. A lot of these celebrities are their shit anyway. So this whole illusion, you know, it ain't even about that. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even about that. We need to just focus more on the principles and stay more so away from the illusions. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, Hello? Hey, I've got time for uh, two more questions. I want to recap and talk to you a little bit more about Flint, because I know that Flint is something that is really near and dear to your heart that you're currently working on. Oh, yeah. Um, Tell me, how can our listeners get involved with your efforts and stand behind you and, and get help for Flint? Okay, okay. Well, I mean, as far as, uh, I guess, getting involved with the whole Safe Flint Challenge, you know, first off, I got to say thank you uh, to everyone supporting the Safe Flint Challenge. First and foremost, uh, from you to everyone uh, in the resistance, everyone online. Uh, for those who don't know, Safe Flint Challenge, social project. We started it last year, uh, getting the water out to the people and everything in Michigan during the water crisis. Uh, so far, we provided over 200,000 bottles of water, raised a little over 116,000 in like six months uh, with the help of a lot of big names showing us love, man. Um, shout out to Rosanna Arquette, uh, Rosario Dawson, Ben Stiller, Kerry Washington, uh, Bree Larson, who's playing Captain Marvel in the upcoming film. I want everybody to check that out. It'll be in theaters March 8th. Man, there's so many great people just coming together to make this possible. Um, 
it's important, you know, because the media really fell flat. You know, as you know, the coverage is not out there on CNN, you know, and this is an ongoing crisis that could happen anywhere. Uh, it's going on in your backyard, you know. Um, as far as getting involved in helping the movement and helping Flint, of course, you can Google the GoFundMe for us, Save Flint Challenge. Of course, you can find us by following the hashtag Save Flint Challenge. But I really want everyone to research Little Miss Flint, Mari Copany. Uh, she's an amazing 11-year-old in Flint, Michigan, who's doing a lot of things for the city, man. And, um, you know, I really got to give hats off Shout out to her because uh, she really, you know, an 11-year-old really kind of sparked me to get this movie going, you know, this movement going. So, you know, if it can trickle down like that, man, and an 11-year-old girl can put a city on her back and do what the government isn't doing and influence someone like me to get involved, then, you know, I'm hoping this same energy can just kind of pass over to everybody else and everybody will want to get involved, man. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I love it, and that actually leads into my, my next question. Um, on the subject of legacy, I mean, you you have worked tires, tirelessly, uh, you know, to ensure that, you know, things are better for generations to come, and yeah. it's never never an easy thing. Um, it's all about empowering the youth, man, and impact the future, so you already know. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell me when – when people look back at your work, the work that you've done, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, or, you know, once you're, even once you're gone, um, what's the biggest takeaway that you want them to get from the work that you've done and just the work that you leave behind? Ah, uh, man. <laughs> you see, you, you know, I'm humble, man. So when, if I, if I ever, when I get asked a question as far as my legacy, man, it, it just hits me a, a certain way, you know, cause I'm a real humble cat. And I never really think about these things, you know. So you really just ask me a spontaneous question that I'm going to give you a spontaneous answer to, man. And, and, and long story short, I want my legacy to be about speaking the truth and, and uplifting as many people as possible in the process, man. I've learned from studying greats like Martin Luther King Jr., respect on his day, and, of course, the homie Nelson Mandela, uh, rest in peace to him, that speaking the truth is the only path to solidify liberation. You feel me? So at the end of the day, I'm just one link in a a, a legacy that's bigger than me, you know? So it's like we got to think forward. And uh, shit, it's like I'm not minded Tupac said he was going to spark, you know? And if my life and my love for the people can spark another mind, then let's keep it going. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Man, that that's powerful. It you know, like you said, keep it going because that that's really what what helps us, what what helps humanity is like when oh, yeah. you know, when when you, you hand the baton off to somebody else and they keep keep your legacy going and going and going and going. That's yeah. how we win. You know. That's it, man. We just gotta keep it going, man. Just let it let it rock. Let it rock on, man. That's it. That's all we can do, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lance, I love it, man. I, I'm I'm all with questions, but I wanted to thank you for coming on tonight's show, and I wanted to uh, open the floor to pleasure. you. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. I appreciate you having me on your show. Um, just keep doing your thing, man. You know, I'm rocking with you to the end, man. Until my yes, last sir. breath, I'm rocking with you. Everybody listening, I love y'all. 
Uh, everybody be safe and, you know, just keep Flint a topic of discussion. Keep looking after your people, man. Protect yourself. Protect your mind. Bless up, man. Bless up. All right, Lance, thank you so much. Always, man. I appreciate you, brother. You be safe. Have a good evening. You too. You too. Guys, that was our exclusive interview with uh, 804th Street Media CEO, Lance Cooper. Uh, we will put a link to his website in the body of this post. If you guys are listening to us on YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Uh, we're also available uh, for uh, iPhone and Android users. You can uh, search for us in the iTunes Store and the Google Play Store, respectively. Uh, we're also available on Roku. If you've got a Roku player or a Roku smart television, you can watch this interview right in the privacy of your own home. We've got over 200-plus hours of original content, programming, and interviews, all free of charge from the Roku Channel Store. Just search for us. Once you search for us, download the app, and you can be in streaming all free of charge. Inside my childhood when it's my heart die And even though we both came from the same places The money and the fame made us all change places How could it be through the misery that came to pass The hard times make a true friend afraid to ask A currency but you can run to me when you need And I never leave honestly Someone to believe in as you can see It's a small thing to a truth What could I do? Real homies help you get through And come anew he'd do the same thing if he could Cause in the hood true homies make you feel good And half the times we be acting up Call the cops Bringing a cease to the peace that was on my block It never stops when my mama asked me will I change I tell her yeah but it's clear I'll always be the same Until end of time
to their knees. They bleed for their right to bleed. I'm begging me to keep them peace. What I can see, closer to achieve. In times of danger, don't freeze. Time to be a G. Follow my lead. I supply everything you need. An ounce of game and the training to make a G. Remember me as an outcast outlaw. Another hour I'm out, that's what I'm about. More. Getting raw to the day I see my casket. Buried as a G while the whole world remembers me. Until the end of time.